and you cherry show is streamed live over the internet so if you have friends or family members living outside of the seattle area wanting answers to life's questions encourage them to listen to the show and to call into the show to talk with marie if you are interested in receiving guidance on an issue in your life call marie locally at 425-373-5527 or toll free at 1-877-825-8828 for her insight into your situation. If you are interested in learning more about Marie and what is on her calendar, there are a variety of ways to find out. Become Marie's friend on Facebook. You can post a comment to her wall and search her page for upcoming events. Sign up for Marie's free newsletter. Each month, she writes an in-depth article and responds to Dear Marie questions. Email Marie if you'd like your question to be answered in an upcoming edition. Schedule a private session with Marie if you'd like to talk with her one-on-one. It will be a healing experience that you will garner great insight from. For more information, visit Marie's website, www.energyintuitive.com, or call 425-825-5671. Marie and Dr. Sheila Dunn Merritt's Healing from Within series can now be purchased on DVD. This four-part interactive series was filmed live at their weekend workshops. The DVDs include medical and energetic insight, as well as informative tools you can use for a lifetime. Chakra exercises and dietary guidelines are included. The first two DVDs on detoxification and heart health are available now through Marie's website, www.energyintuitive.com. Coming soon are the Brain Health and Hormonal System DVDs. Purchase your copy today and get started on your own healing process. Become a Reiki Master the weekend of September 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You will learn to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants. Marie will be your instructor, guiding you with her own symbolic sight and providing knowledge of energy medicine. Take this opportunity to fulfill your dreams of becoming your very own certified Reiki master. You will receive attunements during deep meditation that will allow you to practice Reiki at the master level and information on the laws that govern professional practice in Washington State. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425-825-5671 or visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com for more details. Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello, welcome to the Emmanuel Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle, actually a gorgeous day in Seattle. I always talk about the weather so you can look around your own area and get grounded in your body about being in the present moment. We actually have something kind of fun happening in Seattle too. It's Seafair Weekend, it's, and we have actually nice weather, which is amazing. I think it's sprinkled for about two seconds this morning. Did you notice that? 
I, I didn't notice that, but uh, <laughs> it's a, it is a beautiful day here, and we should savor it. I hear the weekend might be a little spotty. Oh, oh that so, was yeah. the look. I thought, oh, I said something <laughs> wrong because I could see in Eric's eyes. And we have um, all the jets flying across all That's the bridges right. right now. The Blue Angels are doing their training sessions right now, getting ready for Seafair weekend. So oh, I-90 is, uh, I think, reopening any second now, uh, but we'll reclose again here in a little bit. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's going to be fun driving over the bridge today, but everyone just enjoy yourself and the beautiful weather. Just open up your, your rooftop to your car if you happen to have a device like that and enjoy the gorgeous weather. Today, I am happy and thrilled and grateful to um, welcome a guest, Dr. Christine Northrup, MD, who is a member of, who is the author, excuse me, of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Wisdom of Women's Bodies. One of my favorite books, by the way, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. In fact, when I was looking for the copy that was um, published several years ago, I happily found it in my daughter's bedroom. And of course, um, thankfully, I got a new copy of the great, great, wonderful book that has all kinds of wonderful information that we're going to talk about with Dr. Northrup, who's live on the air um, with us in the studio. And um, Dr. Um, Northrup is also the author of The Wisdom of Menopause and the Mother-Daughter Wisdom and the host of seven public television specials, a board-certified OBGYN and the past president of the American Holistic Medical Association with more than 25 years of clinical and medical teaching experience. Dr. Northrup was a pioneer and still is in the partnership between conventional and contemporary medicine. Um, her work has been featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Today Show, and The Good Morning America among many others. She lives in Maine and is the mother of two adult daughters. So welcome, Dr. Northrup. My pleasure. I love hearing about the weather in Seattle. It's (laughs) one of my favorite cities, and we're having a little bit of um, fogginess here in Maine, but I feel as though our... Our two cities are very connected energetically, except that you have Mount Rainier and we don't. Yeah, we have a few <laughs> mountains. You know, when I was reading your bio, I, I didn't realize that you were a mother as well. And I thought, how did you do all of this and raise children? Because I'm in a program I call assisted living. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a lot of people helping you. I had a lot of help. I really think that each kid on earth needs uh, at least three mothers. At least three fathers. I remember once having someone help me in the kitchen. She said, how can you stand to have another woman in your kitchen? You know, like that's my domain where I have to have complete control. It's like, are you kidding? You can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I already am a fan of yours, but I became even more of a fan when I read that part of your bio. I mean, that's amazing. And of course, that has helped you, I'm sure, in all the wonderful wellness that you're discovering about women's health that you now teach us about so that we can stay away from the pain body and, and all the things that society has taught us are wrong with our beautiful bodies. But to be able to have young women in your lives, of course, helps you in terms of helping all of us at every stage of our life. Yeah, it really does. It's uh, lots of fun to have so many friends who are under the age of 40 and <laughs> many under, you know, under the age of 30. And yeah. I'm sure that keeps you young. Yeah, I, I feel actually like I'm 19 again. Oh, I love uh, that. And um, that's one of the things that I want women to know, that there's a huge difference between chronologic age and biologic age. And uh, so I now say I'm in my ageless years. I would recommend everyone from 40 on just adopt that. How old are you? I'm in my ageless years. Okay, yeah, I've already adopted it. That's it, because I tend to forget how old I am anyway, so that's perfect. Well, yeah, because you know what? It doesn't matter. It's a big deal up until, mm, what, 
maybe age 35. I remember my 35th birthday was, was big. I was just starting to really come into my power then. But I have to tell everyone out there, you don't even really hit it till you're 60. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for the warning. We appreciate that. Okay. And I'm sure all the 60-year-olds are like, yeah, that's right. It doesn't really hit you until you're 60. <laughs> I, I recently read that um, you're, you don't practice anymore. Is that true? That is correct. I call what we're doing here my practice because we have the opportunity to change the way of thinking of dozens, hundreds of people, and it is your mindset that creates the environment that interacts with the cell membranes of your body, and that's the brain of the cell, and we know that your environment, your cellular environment through the science of epigenetics is actually what determines what happens to you. It is not your genes. It's the environment in which the genes find themselves. And I can do a tremendous amount of health care through teaching. Absolutely. And I just love that you are a pioneer of changing our thoughts and our beliefs so we can have healthy, amazing bodies our entire life. Right. Yeah, I just, I love that. I mean, there's so many things I love about you, but of course that's one of them. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm sure, that, or not I'm sure, I read also that now that you no longer, you know, are working busily, let's say, in your, in your office, that you've um, found love. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I, <laughs> I definitely. You know, this is funny. Uh, I have more male attention in my life right now than I've ever had in my entire life. That's amazing. This is the darndest thing. I, I just, I have to tell you, back in about 2005, I took my daughters and a lot of their friends to Italy, and we we rented two villas uh, because my daughter, the youngest, had seen A Month by the Lake, a movie with me when she was 12. And it was Vanessa Redgrave goes to Lake Cuomo and stays in a villa. And she says to me, Mom, we should do that. And I go, yeah, sure, we should, you know, like because that's someday, and I can say yes to someday. Well, then she approaches her graduation from college and says, Mom, we really need to do this. So by then I was divorced, and I was sure I was working on some book revision or other, and I had my head on the grindstone as usual, and I thought, oh, this isn't a good time. And then I said to myself, wait a minute, if you don't go do this, your kids are going to be off living somewhere else, maybe married with kids. You'll never get to do it, so you have to do this. And when I was there, it's almost... uh, a cliche, isn't it, that you go to Italy as a midlife woman and you reawaken? <laughs> I mean, it's like right, exactly, this is right out of the movie. Shirley <laughs> Valentine went to Greece. I go to Italy, and we had a we had a night there where uh, there were so many young women, and they would uh, invite in the local waiters and so on. We'd dance on the piazza of our villa with an iPod set up with speakers. And one night, I'm there dancing, and and one of the guys. Bernardo looks at me, he goes, what is your situation? You know, like, <laughs> you know, are you with someone? And I'm like, what? And suddenly my daughters were surrounding me as though they were my mother. You know, like, what are your intentions with my mother? <laughs> and then I expected my own mother to come out of the villa and say, young lady, have you looked at the time? Do you know what time it is? All this was going through my head. My mother wasn't even there because she was not in Italy but she was still living in my body. And anyhow, it was like this, this um, huge awakening. Uh, there's something about Hispanic and Italian men uh, where they, look, they really look at you. They make major eye contact, and they see you 
uh, my daughter, who's now 27, she says, why can't we teach this to American men? Where the Italians, they just, you know, they literally come right over to you. There was one guy there, Luigi, who kept asking her to go out on a date with him. He was beyond adorable. It was the <laughs> cutest thing I'd, I'd ever seen. And they don't take no for an answer. And I, and, and it was very uh, lovely. I mean, there was nothing uh, creepy about Luigi. He was um, an architect, but he was working for the summer just there at the villa doing something or other. And uh, there was just something so uh, so fun about the whole thing that I realized I could have much more pleasure in my life. And uh, then I started to dance Argentine tango last year, and that's what really, really changed things. Uh, I take lessons some, sometimes with Javier from Argentina, and he says, you must give yourself to your partner. Now, all right, so you've got a lot of American women listening, right? Right. And especially baby boomers. I am woman, hear me roar. Uh, you know, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. So we went out there and we and we became men. I mean, we tried. God knows we tried. And, and so, yeah, we learned how to stand our, on our own two feet. That was absolutely necessary. But in the process, many of us forgot the joys of allowing a man to lead and so in tango, I learned how to surrender to a man's lead. Now, you know, that's just for five minutes at a time, and I can, I can drive my own car and, and do the rest of it. But I never, ever, ever again in my life will have to run a purchase of an item of clothing <laughs> or even a major appliance by any man ever again. I can buy what I want, do what I want. What a revelation and how freeing. And then when I want to surrender to a man and fall in love for three minutes, I just go to tango. Oh, well, I am so happy for you, and I celebrate your freedom and your newfound love in your life. I'm very, very happy for you. Yeah, the main love, though, I just want all of your listeners to know, the main love you have to find is the love uh, with yourself. It's so true. your own company and your own life. And I have to say that that has been my major the major crucible in which I've been sitting uh, for the past 10 years since my divorce. It, it took me quite a long while because when I first got divorced, I was certain that my life would be healed if I could just meet another man and get married <laughs> right away. Right. But I, it sounds like going to Italy is better. Because <laughs> I'm thinking that's my next vacation. <laughs> okay. The Amalfi Coast is a really good place. And uh, it's much cheaper than, um, oh, what is that island? Uh, very fancy island. It costs three times as much. And uh, Capri, Capri. Ah. You don't need to do that one. Don't do Capri. Um, but the little town where we rented the villa is called Massa Lubrenzi. And mm. so this was our schedule. This was my ideal schedule. And that is you get up at about 930 you walk up the hill, you have a cappuccino and a croissant, then you shop in one of the seven little groceries for whatever's fresh. You go home, you make lunch, you take a nap, you get up. Oh, I would do a Pilates mat on the deck every day. That was my <laughs> exercise. And then you'd go to dinner and you'd get home at midnight and you'd start over again. Now, I have a mother who just went, uh, she did a trek to Everest Base Camp oh, at uh, 17,800 feet. 
Ah, and, you've got uh, great genes. For, well, I was home for the slideshow, and it's like, shoot me now. I mean, don't ever make me do that. <laughs> and that was my my childhood was these uh, forced marches that most Sagittarian people love that stuff, the outdoors and the backpacks and the mountains. you got a bunch of them in Seattle, I know this. Right. But it was never my thing. However, what it did do is it created uh, enormous ability to tune into what I had deep inside when the going got rough. And I think we all, we all need to do that. But mostly we need to find what brings us sustainable joy. Right. And you really are in the crucible of finding that when you hit midlife, which is uh, like PMS times 10. And the, the uh, PMS time of the menstrual cycle is always when your deepest needs come roaring to the fore, and then we just blame it on hormones. But the truth is our body's wisdom is desperately trying to get our attention then. Wow. I, I, I think that is absolutely beautiful, and I can't wait till we come back and talk about that. I wanted to ask you one of, the, one of your questions. It says that it takes, you say that it takes courage to be healthy and happy. Oh, it takes so much courage because let's take a look around, shall we? So every weekend we're running for the cure, we're walking <laughs> for the cure, whether it's MS, whether it's breast cancer, whether it's kidney disease, whether it's diabetes. So we all seem to need some major wound to rally around. It's not enough, is it, to just um, have joy and delight and fun, which would be actually truly preventing something. No, no, no. You get so much positive feedback with a wound. Have mm. you ever walk around a restaurant and listen to what people are talking about? Mm-hmm. They're talking about their doctor's visits. They're having the organ recital, what the doctor said, what mm. I need to do. So all these things that they are giving their time and attention to. So when someone says, what are you doing? And you say, well, I'm going to sleep until I get up and then I'm having a massage After that, I'm going to have my hair done, and then I'll go out to lunch. And then the person looks at you and says, must be nice. (laughs) I mean, the rest of us peons can't possibly enjoy that. Uh, it, It really does take a lot of courage because we have such a constituency that is absolutely addicted to pain and suffering. Right. And, And so then you believe that healthy is normal. Uh, healthy is, I'll tell you how I know that healthy is normal. When you are in a state of joy, and by the way, joy does not mean ignoring what isn't working in your life. Joy means being in touch with life force, being in touch with purpose, uh, being in touch with your capacity to be connected to the divine. When you are in that state, your eyesight is better, your hearing is better, your skin resistance is better, your immunity is better, your heart rate is better, lung function is better. And therefore, that says to me beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is our natural state, and anything less than that is an aberration, which generally we begin to learn early on as children. As little children, if you've noticed, they're delighted with themselves. They're just delighted with themselves, Mm two-year-olds. And then we're taught that in order to fit in, we're, ter- we're terrified of rejection. Because for thousands and thousands and thousands of years on planet Earth, if your tribe rejected you, you died. You needed the tribe to survive. 
And I remember hearing Carolyn Mace on Hay House Radio, where I also have a show, and I right. just heard this little snippet, you know, before she signed off, and she said, we are inundated with our own intuition. We're incredibly intuitive. The problem is that taking uh, the intuition and doing something with it might cost us something. The disapproval of a group, an individual person, or we might risk losing money. And therefore, even though we know exactly what to do intuitively, we're afraid to do it. Wow. So yeah. it takes courage to be well, and that, that being healthy is absolutely normal, but it's just some of our social consciousness, if you will, that sometimes keeps us in that element of fear. Yes. And, and so, Dr. Northup, we have some callers on the line that would love to ask you a question, so we're going to go ahead and go to our phone lines. Great. All right, let's talk to Denise in Utah first. Hi, Denise. You're on the air with Dr. Northrup. Hi, Marie. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Good. And Dr. Northrup, I love what you're saying. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I got on the show and I'm able to speak with you in person. I've been listening to your archived articles for our news uh, shows for some time, and it's an awesome show. Thank you. Thank you. So what is your question, Denise? I would like to know what's going on with my body, and that would probably be in Marie's arena, and then maybe Dr. Northrup can help me figure out what to do about that. Well, one of the great things about Dr. Northrup is she is highly intuitive. Um, Yeah, it's one of the great things about, you know, physicians, having physicians who are in both fields of medicine, who understand conventional medicine and also work in traditional, holistic sort of medicines. So I think you can ask away and Dr. Northup's going to give you a great response. (laughs) Well, I've got something going on in my uh, uh, ureter or perhaps in my vagina and we say that on the air. Do we say that word on the air? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, vagina, you can say, I can almost tell you the things you can't say, but except I can't say them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure what it is. I've been examined, and I've been told maybe it was a kidney stone that's kind of gotten lodged in the ureter. <clears throat> but um, I've kind of got this tiny little lump that is of concern to me, and I'm and I'm sensing that it's maybe something to do with a previous um, medical issue. Where is the lump? It's just inside the uh, the opening of the vagina, and it's okay. nothing. It's not like it's not like a um, pimple or um, you know anything ulcerated. It's just kind of there's something going on there. I'm wondering if I'm wondering what it is and how in the world can I get it better. Okay, is it time sexual life? (laughs) Is it inflamed? Does it hurt? No, it doesn't hurt. Well, it does if they're, uh, you know, if I try to have sex. Oh, it does. Okay. The first thing that comes to my mind is that's most likely a Bartholin cyst. These are really common, and the Bartholin's gland is a, there's one on either side of the vagina, and they are responsible for some of the lubrication of the vagina during sex not all, and sometimes the, the duct gets plugged and then you get this, this cystic swelling kind of that's, that can get very painful. Sometimes they have fluid in them, sometimes pus, uh, and 
to incise and drain them is an office procedure. It's it's not that big a deal. I have done hundreds of those, and what the what the uh, I would go to a gynecologist. I wouldn't go to a family doctor unless he or she sees a lot of women. But it's an office procedure, and it's really easy, and it will cure the whole thing. So that's what I think it is. I think you're, you, it's, that you sounds beautiful. That, the name of that duct? Bartholin, B-A-R-T-H-O-L-I-N. Bartholin's oh. gland, either cyst or abscess. You can Google that, and you'll see exactly what needs to be done. Uh-huh. Perfect. Okay, I, I think that's wonderful, Denise. So, so how does that feel? Well, I'm not really sure. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any insight on that, Marie? Well, no. The only thing that I'm picking up on is that you're afraid to go to um, a conventional physician. Like, it makes you nervous. And I think every aspect of medicine is beautiful. And I think that we need to learn to trust ourselves and seek out the help that's appropriate for whatever's going on in our lives. I'm just really enjoying that we could just talk about the inside of women's bodies so comfortably and beautifully on the air. I'm really enjoying the conversation. So thank you so much, Denise, for calling in, and we wish you the best of healing. Now, let me, I'm going to give you uh, one more thing that you can do, and uh, I, I love this, too, because I like to go between the worlds, as you know, Marie. Yes. Um, I've done a lot of work with... Uh, Robert Fritchie, who started the World Service Institute, and Bob worked for years and years and years with every uh, healer known to mankind. He is an engineer by training, and he found that the energy that he simply calls divine love is the energy that heals everything, and Bob has a protocol that he developed uh, scientifically for using the energy of divine love for healing. And so you go to www.worldserviceinstitute.org, uh, worldserviceinstitute.org, and they will give you the exact instructions for using divine love for health and healing. And it explains a lot of the miraculous healings that have occurred. And, and this is available to everyone, free of charge. Bob teaches this on the Internet, so they have people who learn. You can, um, you can do this uh, divine love meditation for other people or for yourself. It involves a petition, and the petition is goes something like this. With my spirit and with the angel's help, uh, I now surrender my spirit to divine uh, will, and I uh, allow divine love to come in through my thymus, and the thymus gland is just above the heart. When you, when you go, oh my, and you, and you thump your thymus, you put your hand there, you're actually thumping your thymus. That improves immunity. We know that. So I bring divine love into my thymus, and I now ask that this problem in my vagina be resolved with, the divine, with divine love according to the Creator's will. And then you sit with your arms and your legs uncrossed, and with your hands up, uh, palms up on your thighs, and you just uh, take about five minutes to sit there and feel uh, divine love focusing in your thymus. And divine love takes care of the rest. I don't even try to explain it because the left hemisphere can't figure this stuff out. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you got you got both kinds of medicine, Denise. Yeah. Well, yeah. and 
I'm sure that there are some emotions connected with anyone's health. And right. I'm kind of in the natural health care business myself, and right. I've been trying to deal with this issue uh, by cleansing and, and so on and so forth. But yeah. um, it just doesn't seem to want to budge. And right. so... Sometimes it takes a combination, and uh, we wish you great. I mean, I know it's going to be healed. It's it's going to be gone before you know it. I can already see it going away. So whatever you choose to do next, um, I'm I'm convinced it will work. So we wish you the best, and have a wonderful day in Utah. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So we're going to go ahead and go to our next caller. Okay, let's talk to Cheryl calling from Kent. Hi. Um, I... Have some questions. I have uh, a niece. It's my older niece who's um, got some problems. Um, it looks like she may have some mental illness, um, perhaps a borderline personality disorder, and has ADHD. Has actually had a heart transplant, and she's kind of spiraling again. And I'm wondering what would help her. How old is she? She just turned 20, and she just lost her dad, too, so there's a lot going on, my poor sister. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, what, what, are, what are the behaviors that she does when she starts to spiral? She starts to hang out with people who are not the most kind of people. They are drinking and perhaps um, having problems with the law, and that's not a good group to be in. Um, it's like she's sabotaging herself. How old was she when she had the heart transplant? Um, she was still 18, and she has not finished school. She doesn't have a direction. Um, there's a lot going on. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is what's so amazing about your question is <laughs> that it brings in so many different layers of healing. Uh, one... She has someone else's heart. Yes. And you would, uh, and if there's a way to know about that donor yeah, and how that donor died, that would be interesting. Yeah. Dr. Northrup, when you asked the question about the heart transplant, I was just, you know, it was like the child or the young person was just so highlighted that that's really kind of the main issue. That's right. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the main issue. Um, This is... Okay, so the the ways to think about this are her heart isn't really in living, in thriving. She's at a turning point. We're also, uh, particularly this week and next, we're in the middle of what's called a uh, a T-square astrologically, where we have a huge amount of energies going on in the sky, um, it's called a cardinal T-square of Pluto, Saturn, Mars, Uranus, Jupiter. So it's just not a walk in the park for anyone. I, I bring this in because we know that the menstrual cycle is ruled by the moon and the flow of fluids in the body is ruled by the moon, and nobody disputes that. We still seem to have big trouble understanding that the rest of the universe affects us as well. I just read a quote today from Hippocrates who said that... Uh, uh, anyone who does not know astrology is cannot be a good doctor. I personally took the Hippocratic Oath to get out of medical school, but they left out the astrology part. <laughs> uh, the reason that I'm telling you this is that this is a this is a time where I would simply go 
with compassion. Has she ever been suicidal? I, I don't think so, but her behavior is like throwing herself out there to have things happen to her. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yes, exactly. Okay. So here's what I would, I would recommend. I would go to the website that I suggested earlier, worldserviceinstitute.org. I okay. would get together with your sister and whoever, uh, whoever cares about this girl, and I would do a divine love healing on her behalf. Now, I would ask her permission to do this, although that's not always necessary, because remember, you're asking for uh, whatever the issue is to be dissolved with divine love according to the Creator's will, and the Creator is simply love, and for the highest purpose of all. This is, we, we don't have a, a vengeful God who throws down uh, slings and arrows on people. Uh, so the other person that I think would be extraordinarily helpful for your sister to call is uh, Dr. Doris Cohen, and her website is healingrepetition.com, www.healingrepetition.com. And what uh, Doris works with extraordinarily high-level guides and angels, uh, she has been very, very helpful to me. And she said that what we do is we repeat patterns in our lives to bring love into a situation where it hasn't been before. In medicine, we say we repeat patterns because we're hopelessly neurotic. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not the case, but at this particular time in history, right now, is a time when people are bringing in a tremendous amount of light, but a lot of darkness is leaving and this girl has that struggle going on yeah. in her heart. Yeah. And I believe that there also could be some vibrational healing in the heart of the person that is beating in her body that yeah. needs to be cleared. And mm-hmm. Doris can help you do that. Another person who can is my friend Dina Spear. And uh, her she is a vibrational healer. She can work at a distance, and we know from quantum mechanics that... Uh, this is entirely possible. I just watched Edgar Mitchell in a movie talk about how a healer in Vancouver uh, completely helped him resolve his kidney cancer uh, from in Florida with uh, the healer being in Vancouver. Dean is like that, and her website is singingwoods.org. You can, uh, on the Internet, simply ask for a healing. So that's Dina Spear, S-P-E-A-R, he- Singing Woods. Dot org, and she is able to uh, help clear up the energy if if that is what needs to happen. Right. Now, it's a free will universe, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we don't know what this girl is going to end up doing. Uh, I know she's given everyone a run for their money. <laughs> yes, and she does like the attention. Well, that's the, yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so sometimes I've done a tremendous amount of work with personality disorders. It's about one in five people. And a friend said, a psychiatrist friend said to me, the reason we call it mental illness is they don't act right. (laughs) 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 I kind of love that. They they just don't act like they should. So what what your sister can do is practice detachment. Mm -hmm. Um, The... uh, Marsha Linehan, who developed the most effective treatment model for 
borderline personality disorder and the other personality disorders. The most effective treatment I've ever seen is uh, called DBT, Dialectic Behavioral Therapy. And this is where the person with the personality disorder hits bottom and gets to the point where they realize they've burned every bridge going. And uh, typically the borderlines are the frequent flyers in the emergency room. They go in there 270, 300 days a year saying, uh, I feel like I'm going to kill myself. Marsha Linehan has been known to say, that's fine. You may need to kill yourself. So I'm telling you that because your sister may need to say, you know, whatever you need to do, you're 18. It's your life. Because here's what happens when you're in a tug of war with one of your children. What mothers and daughters do typically is they have what I call a chain of pain, where one person wants the other to feel the emotion. So let me give you another example of that. A friend of mine has a daughter who has a boyfriend who comes from a fundamentalist background, and he doesn't want to disappoint his parents, so he will never go out with my friend's daughter. He will not kiss her. He feels very morally conflicted about the relationship. She's constantly trying to get her mother involved in the drama of that instead of feeling how bad that feels that she has a boyfriend who can't be available for her the way she wants him to be. So she'll tell the mother she doesn't believe in any of the ceremonies she does and she's not going to go with her to do um, you know, a fire-keeping ceremony out in the park that she's done since she was a little girl. She does everything to try to pick a fight with her mother when, in fact, she's just trying so hard not to feel how bad the boyfriend situation feels. So what the mother has done is simply become like Teflon. She's not going to pick up the conflict, and when the mother refuses to pick up the conflict, the kid has to feel it, and then they have a choice. Oh, beautifully yeah. well said. Just be- so, Cheryl, I think you have a nice um, toolbox now full of tools that, yeah. that you and the family can go and, and do some work regarding your beautiful niece and your sister and, and have some action, uh, you know, criteria that I think should bring some peace to you and your family. I hope so. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you so much for calling in. All right. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, our next caller is Jim calling from Seattle. <clears throat> oh, hi. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> That's funny. You're sitting here drinking a beer while I'm listening. God, great show, you guys. Great show. <laughs> I, love, I, I went to uh, Italy and Paris years ago, and it just changed my life completely. Oh, I love that. Where did you go? Uh, well, we, we, we went, well, I went to Paris. My ex-girlfriend talked me to go to Paris, and, and then we went to Cinque Terre, in Italy, and I, I just was, uh, overall, the whole thing was just way more different than I thought it would be. You know, yeah, they, I, understand, they understand taking the time for pleasure, don't they? Yeah, I just, I just felt like I was on Mars. It was just wow. so different. And um, I just felt like every American's got to go to Europe, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> now listen, Jim, you're in Seattle. You've got a big tango community out there. If you want to recreate the, uh, the experience of the Cinque Terre, you just learn a little Argentine tango. First of all, it's the hottest thing in the world, and women will flock to you. Oh, my gosh. That's great advice. Unless, of course, <laughs> Jim's hilarious. married. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to the 58. Well, see, I'm I, I, well, going to the next question. I moved here a year ago because my mom had a stroke. 
So, um, but yeah, I'm going through the whole thing of trying to be a musician in, you know, almost 60 and, but anyway, um, should I get to my question? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. I could talk to you guys for a long time. It's, it's great. Um, well, my, my mother had a really bad, had a stroke, um, her name's Beverly, uh, a year ago. And, and she, she basically, um, she's 85, but she's one of these people who put off a lot of her stuff she wanted to do, you know, until the end. And now she has a stroke because you can't and she's pretty much paralyzed. She's in a, a home about a mile away, but um, and she's um, she cries all the time. She can't speak, and it just drives me nuts because I'm really close to mom. Yeah, and, and part of it is I'm always fighting because she's in conventional. She's a group health conventional medicine. So nobody, you know, all the stuff you guys talk about, they just think it's a joke. No, oh, I so, know. You know, and that drives me nuts. And and, um, and, and also the the fact that she can't tell me what. I suspect that she wants to be up at the house, but I, you know, what well, I just so I wrote down. What is she crying about? What essentially is she trying to say? What does she want us to to know? And how does she like where she's living? How's that? <laughs> now you know what's interesting about that. Uh, if you were to talk with uh, with Dina, with Dina Spear, the person that I spoke of earlier, SingingWoods.org. Right. She literally, she literally will tell you what your mother is thinking. Uh, but because your bond is so strong, uh, there is a way in which, the, first of all, let me just say, when she cries all the time, I had a grandmother who did exactly the same thing, lived for 20 years after having a stroke, and uh, she couldn't speak. Uh, can your mother write? No, she hasn't. Um... It hasn't so far, but she can understand really quite a bit. So I think I want to bring in some big, huge board with magnets or something, you know. And um, she hasn't been able to do. She can't even when you try to ask her yes or no, yeah. she will like she'll like try to she'll go ba 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 and try to explain it to you and say no, mom, just shake your head. And she she sort of doesn't get it. You know, when I look at her crying. To me, she's just finally, because it looks very good to me, like it's a positive aspect. It doesn't feel negative. I don't believe she's in pain. There could be some frustration, but she was frustrated all of her life. So that there wouldn't be is. new, right? <laughs> there it is. Yeah, but it feels like the tears are like this welcome um, expression. Like she never gave herself permission to cry before, at least not for long periods of time or only when something tragic happened. I, I don't think I ever saw her cry. Her yeah. Whole so I feel like this is like her soul cleaning herself before she passes. So it feels like a very positive um, situation. So maybe if you can change your energy before you head in there and look at it more as something beautiful, because, you know, crying is a beautiful experience when people really give themselves permission to express whatever pain or joy or whatever happens to be going through their body. Tears are very healing. So maybe if you change your energy about it, you'll notice a different exchange going on between the two of you. And you might notice that there's a smile underneath those tears, because I think she's fine. So um, do you think we, what about where she's living? What about having her over the house, or part-time, or full-time, or do you get any feeling for that? Uh, my feeling is it's a lot of work if you bring her home. Exactly. And, yeah, and and she needs, she likes the structure, and it's a clean environment. I mean, I, I don't know if I've physically been in that building. Uh, my first part of my nursing career, I actually worked in a nursing home, actually, well, for a couple actually, years. It's an adult family home, but it is very yeah, clean. Yeah, it's really clean. Um, Boring. So, <laughs> well, maybe boring for you, but it's it's really clean, and she's happy there, and it's a lot of work, right, Dr. Northrup? It's a lot oh, of work. absolutely. Listen, Jim, I would use this as a time 
for you to do some deep, deep healing on yourself. One of the things I've noticed about men, and particularly men who love their mothers, the bond there is extraordinarily strong. You feel completely responsible for her, and you would do anything for her. Uh, It's your time now to know that she's okay and that all she really wants is your presence. She doesn't need you to make it better uh, because it's true. The stroke has freed up the emotional release centers, and that's what's now happening. So just give her the gift of your presence and your own joy and happiness, and she'll feel that when you visit, and and nothing else needs to change because they're taking care of her. Now, also, this is a time right now on the planet where a lot of people are choosing to leave, and you can also say to her, hey, Mom, if you want to go, it's okay with me. It would be okay if if you feel like you'd like to go over to the other side now. Huh. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Northrup. That's just, uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Your mom looks happy to me, and so just enjoy her while she's here. Well, you think we should have her at the house part of the time, or to visit her, or yeah, to be confusing her, no, or what? Yeah, my, my opinion is for, you know, maybe a holiday thing if you want to, but she looks very content there really? to me. Yeah, but, I mean, it's your mom. Um, maybe when you shift your energy and you realize that perhaps the tears aren't about sadness, you might be able to look at the situation differently and, and get a different perception of what she's experiencing. Yeah, because uh, this is really true. Sometimes the stroke itself is associated with just the uncoupling of the emotional centers, and this is not about sadness. That's really important for you to know. Well, you know, well, the other thing is all the nurses have been fighting to put her on antidepressants, and I was resisting it. But then lately I've been thinking maybe, maybe she should something because they're thinking oh she's gonna have a stroke because she's crying all the time <laughs> i'll have another stroke in i don't think you can get a stroke from crying no yeah no 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 yeah i mean you know that's a, a personal decision but she looks really good to me this could be again her soul's cleansing you know so maybe once you change your energy you can look at the whole entire situation and see what then your insight and your wisdom tells you so what would, would, would any person you think could just make her more screwed up i mean would, would that be beneficial or not you think you know, it's worth it, it. It would be worth um, a trial. You would know in two weeks, right. and I don't right. think they would do any harm. Right, right. I just want her to. I, I don't care if she's raised by chimpanzees. I just want her to be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but maybe you know what you think of. It, it was, uh, Maria's saying she's already happy. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to worry That's about funny. it. Yeah, I, know, I, yeah. I, I mean. I know, I've been so stressed out, I feel like I think about her all the time. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. See, it's your job. She is giving you the gift of letting go. Well, it's also, it's really, it's really hard to be in charge. I feel like you're in charge of someone else's, you know, happiness. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. I hate it. Well, I no, love it. We know what, this is one of the things you men have been taught that is, <laughs> uh, that is so difficult for you, is that it is your job to keep women happy. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, a, we're a complicated species. So, uh, yeah. But uh, I agree. Um, you know, uh, I think she's fine. And I agree that this is your time for you to learn to let go of your mom and not worry about her. Worrying doesn't help Oh, and anything. by the way, okay, as a mother, as a mother, <laughs> let me just say, what is the biggest joy in my life? It's when my kids are happy uh, and having a wonderful time. And when they're happy and having a wonderful time, then... I'm happy. She wants you to uh, fulfill your career 
and be joyful. That's what a mother really wants. Any anything else is just an overlay. Ah. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Well, I I, I guess I just got some inline. I've been got some roller, but they've been rollerblading on green light lately, so it's been fun. Thank you so much, Jim. We wish you the best with your mom, and give her a kiss from us when you see her. Okay. Thank you, guys. Great show. Great show. Right. Thank, you. thank you. All right. So, Dr. Northup, um, in in your new book, which is beautiful, everybody needs to run out and get it. It's like a Bible. It's pretty big, (laughs) Mm -hmm. as was the first one, by the way. So, for those of you who are listening, if you didn't catch us at the beginning of the show, Dr. Christine Northup is the author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, Creating Physical, Emotional Health and and Healing. It was on the New York Times bestseller list, and now you have republished it again with updates. Yes, I have. I felt like we needed an entirely new update on diet, a new update that has a breast health program, a pelvic health program, um, and new stuff on iodine, a lot of stuff on vitamin D and so on. Oh, I just, I absolutely love it. And I was curious, what's the preconception diet? And can that diet help us perhaps um, avoid, you know, some of the the defects that we're noticing, like in terms of autism with some of the children? Yeah, you bet it can. The uh, preconception diet is based on the fact that the quality of a plant is uh, determined by the quality of the soil in which it's grown. We all know that, and I know Seattle is full of greenery and gardeners and so on. And when you've got really good soil, you get really healthy, resistant plants. At the Foresight Center in, uh, in England, they did some, uh, some, da- some experiments where they took couples who had had kids with birth defects multiple miscarriages, preeclampsia, stillborns, all of that. And these couples all wanted to avoid that in a future pregnancy. So they brought them in, got them on a really good diet, including enough vitamin D and iodine and omega-3 fats and so on. And the rate of miscarriage, the rate of um, birth defects, all of it fell to zero. Wow. Yeah, so it's really important to for those listening who want to get pregnant be thinking of your body as an organic garden. And wow, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So when the seed is planted, remember that all the major organ systems of the body are already in place, usually by the time a woman knows she's pregnant. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's beautiful. We're so lucky that you have that available to us because women are also waiting longer in life to have children, which seems to be a concern in conventional medicine, but it just happens to be the way we're evolving. Exactly. I don't think there's a problem with that, again, because it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show, the huge difference between chronologic age and biologic age. So there are some very elderly 30-year-olds and there's some very, very young 50-year-olds. Yay! Yeah, Yeah. I'm all for that. Absolutely. And then another question is, um, you were talking about uh, perimenopause, the mother of all wake-up calls? Yeah. (laughs) So explain that. Okay. Um, What happens is that when we go through adolescence, the stormy emotions of individuating from your parents and all of that stuff come to the fore, but for a while there, during your reproductive years, you uh, are under the influence of your reproductive hormones, you become malleable, you want to fit in, and so on, but then at perimenopause, it's adolescence in reverse, and the same stormy hormones that uh, had you rolling your eyes at your mother uh, (laughs) now come back, only this time you're rolling your eyes at your job, perhaps your mate, your children, because your life, in order to remain healthy and vital, 
must be led by the dictates of your soul. And if it's not, if you are still uh, trying to please others, that is the degree to which you will develop chronic degenerative diseases. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And so that's why women start to have that hear me roar moment where they're... Yeah, they they do. And what they (sighs) need to know is this. This is not about other people. It's about you. Wow. And it's your job. To, to speak up, and this is where I love the work of Marshall Rosenberg uh, at the Center for Nonviolent right. Communication, uh, because if you go online to the Center for Nonviolent Communication, you're going to see a list of emotions and a list of needs, and his feeling is all human behavior is an attempt to get a legitimate need met, and emotions are our indicator of what those unmet needs are, and we have the emotions long before we can articulate what the need is. Wow. So when you go through the website and you look at the list of needs and the list of emotions and then you tell your same old story, you can be asking in your head or have a friend ask you, what is it that I need? What is the need? Wow. And then you've got, then you have some clout, you see. Before, it's just like, oh, my God, I hate him, and I want to throw the roast out the window, and I'm going to kill you, and and none of which, you know, helps you at all. Uh, But when you know what the need is, and you can articulate it, then what you say is, okay, now, I can't force anyone else to meet my needs for me, but I know, but I trust that when I articulate these needs, the universe will send it to me in the best possible way. That's just beautiful. Thank you so much for clarifying that. And then women can't blame, you know, what's really going on in their bodies because it's really there to help them grow. That's and, exactly and right. And what, what we, we've been brought up in a medical system that absolutely believes that symptoms are drug deficiencies, so if you're feeling a little depressed, you must have a Prozac deficiency. <laughs> or if your blood pressure is a little high, you know, you have an antihypertensive deficiency. <laughs> um, a headache is an aspirin deficiency. That's how we see it. And so I just read the statistic that the average woman, man, and child in this country is on 16 prescription medications per year. Very Most sad. Most of them related to conditions that are from stress. Very sad. You know, Dr. Northrup, I could talk to you for hours. And of course, I I wish you were here in person so we could be in the sun here in Seattle and have a cup of tea together. You are a gem. And thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to our callers and enlightening us with all your wonderful medical knowledge. It's just been a pleasure. It certainly has a show where I can say whatever I really feel. (laughs) Please. We highly recommend that. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day in Maine. Thank you. And everybody needs to rush out and get the new version of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And they can hear you on Hay House Radio. Yep. Great. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, Dr. Northrup. Thanks. All righty. Bye-bye. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's show. Wherever you are, all over the country, we're blessed here at the Marie Manu Cherry Show to have people who even call us from around the world. It's amazing. Next week, I will be interviewing Dr. Sheila Dunn-Merritt, one of my favorite natural paths. I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but I'm sure it'll be interesting and fun. And next week, we start our live show on Tuesdays. So tune in twice next week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Have a wonderful day. Joyful blessings. Bye-bye.
The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the hosts, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of this station. It's